0: this hour especially but these uh the statistics that are out that about the suicide rate and the overdose rate now our life expectancy is declining again it's just it's just astonishing uh, well well yeah you know it's one of those things that's shocking yet not entirely surprising um but we will take a look at that in a moment or two right now though uh a a follow-up if you will on the devastating and enormous camp fire and um by extension some of the other fires in california and the west coast over the last uh, couple of years we're talking to tim taylor the county superintendent of schools in butte county who joins us now hello tim how are you
1: good joe we're hanging in we're getting ready for the uh kids to come back to school monday so we're, we're getting very excited it's uh what we need right now is to go see some children and, and start teaching them and being around them.
0: Right, right. here. here. And, and Tim and I actually, uh, in a previous life when we were both younger and better looking, ran in uh, similar circles. And it's good to talk to you again, Tim. I hope you're well. Um, so... Good to talk to you. Hey, listen, uh, I wonder, first of all, in your efforts there at the county, one of your top, he's the county superintendent of schools. I know you want to get the kids and teachers back together and get the learning going and and return them to some sense of normalcy. Have you talked to any friends and colleagues in, say, the Santa Rosa area, the Napa area, about what they did and how they overcame some of the, uh, the mayhem they endured?
1: Yeah, we wouldn't be where we're at uh, with our confidence without Shasta and Sonoma. I spent two hours on the phone with the Sonoma County Office cabinets to go through each of the areas as we head into next week, and it's extremely helpful, and uh, they've loaded up about 170 documents for us to look at, and we fine-tune them for this tragedy because it's uh, a lot bigger. But they, without them, we would have been at square one, so that's been very helpful.
0: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how the best of humanity often comes out in the worst of times, isn't it?
1: You know, people all throughout the nation have been incredible, um, and it's very heartwarming. And I tell people uh, we're a small town. Where we live off crab feeds and fundraisers, and the generosity and, and support has been just just phenomenal. Now, back to Sonoma real quick. Uh, one of the things they said, because mental health is a big issue, is for us to continue to prepare for this for years. And as our smoke went into Sonoma this year, It triggers the kids and the staff again, and so you know you don't think about things like that. That uh, as they had to close schools over there because of the air quality, that that re-triggers a post-traumatic stress syndrome for kids and parents and teachers. So we're in for a long haul here, and um, we're preparing
0: for that. So you know you can't possibly explain it in a complete way in the time we have, but. Uh, tell us about the logistics of trying to get the kids and the teachers back together and, and, and get back underway.
1: Yeah. Well, I, unfortunately we've had practice, uh, when we evacuated the, the county and sheriff evacuated the county for the dam and gave us an hour to leave. We had a very similar, a similar situation, not with the destruction, but it helped our, we have 33 charters and, uh, school districts that communicate with me and, I have them on speed dial as a team, and we stick together. We're very, very tight, and we've done this before. We've also had three fires that evacuated part of our county. So, unfortunately, we've had a lot of practice. Uh, this one is way more complex, and um, we're, we've got everything set for next week, and we're prepared to help the kids get back to, to a school. And our number one goal to help the kids with their anxiety and trauma is to get them back to their original teacher, and we know that some are going to have to leave town, um, and we're working very hard to make that happen. And, uh, but we know that parents are going to have to choose other schools because of where they're located and for other factors. But um, we're, we're ready, and uh, we're very excited, but we're anxious because we don't know how many are going to come back. And, um, and I think the other big thing, Joe, is I, I met with about 500 teachers yesterday who were going through a, a trauma training done by someone at the national level I sat for 20 minutes. Very, um, very good stuff they're receiving. But as I re- I talked to the group, I know at least a couple hundred of those teachers are without a home, and uh, they're going through their trauma. So we're really zeroing in on helping those teachers because victims teaching victims is tough, and uh, that's heavy lifting for us. But we do have probably three to four hundred trauma counselors throughout the state here to help. And um, we'll, we'll give it our best shot.
0: You know, Tim, we often make fun of 60 Minutes for merely repeating what the uh, interviewee just said and making pretending that's a question. But i got to stop you. A couple hundred of your teachers lost their homes?
1: Oh, I think overall it's a moving target. They're starting to get back up to paradise. But overall, the number of educators that lost their home will, will approach 5 to 700.
0: Oh, my God. How about the school facilities? How did they fare?
1: Um, you know, there's an exact number. Uh, there's 15 or 17 sites up there. Uh, Cedarwood is in the north part of the ridge up in Magalia. That one actually is going to be able to start school. It's about 15 miles from downtown Paradise. The rest of them have been uh, fully damaged, partially damaged. And the experts up there have informed us we're not getting up there to those schools for a year and possibly two because you're talking about removing nine to 18 months of debris, every power lines down, the water, um, uh, 70 to 100,000 trees. So we're we're not expecting to get up there in the in the near future with school, and we want uh, provide them with the best environment down in Chico and Oroville and Durham.
0: Right. Tim Taylor is the county superintendent of schools in Butte County, so uh, terribly affected by the uh, camp fire. You know, I, I had a, a long and stressful day, Tim, yesterday, and I, I blew up at one point. You're making me feel like an idiot. The, the things you all are dealing with are enormous. Um, and, and we direct our, our listeners to the several excellent charities that are helping out folks from the area. You know, obviously the need has not ended. Um, and, and as you pointed out, Tim, and, and we were asking, I guess it was last week or the week before, folks uh, from the Bay Area fires and some of the uh, Southern California fires of um, a couple of years ago or a year ago, how are you doing? What are you still dealing with? And there's a hell of a lot to deal with a year down the road too.
1: Uh, five five years down the road. and uh, you know a couple things. One, you know there's so many people, my county office staff, I have about you know five or six hundred that are working here, and all the district staff have totally stepped up. And what we've said is this is now a duty. When you watch the first responders, it's not a job; it's a duty. So that mindset changed for us uh, as we watched the first responders. We were our central command was half a mile from them, and you go in there and watch 2,500 fire trucks roll out. It changes your mindset. Um, I think all of us that are working, you know, it's it's stressful, it's hard. Uh, our own family lives are tough because we're not at home much. And uh, if we really try to drive ourselves after, you know, what the children face coming down that hill with the fire, it, it ignites you to do whatever you have to do. But it's not easy. I know we all blow up, Joe, and um, I think uh, we've had meltdowns and we bounce back and get up the next morning and uh, there's a lot of brave people out there uh, doing um, unbelievable things. Just unbelievable Right, I think you know. Every, every you know, there's so many things that drive you, and I can tell you all, all kinds of great stories. But uh, there was a group of leaders that went up to look at their school after the third day, and they came back, and they were very traumatized. And as we went around the horn, one of the uh, vice principals said, "I lost my home. I lost my mom. Lost her home. Uh, my school was burned down." And they and said, how are you feeling? He goes, I feel fortunate and blessed because at least my wife and I have a choice. We have two kids and someone offers us a room. I worry about the kids in the evacuation center. So when you hear stories like that and you're in the room, you just go, okay, I, I'm gone 24 hours, so this is done. And I think a lot of us live off that type of um, you know, heroic people.
0: Right. Right, the best of humanity in the worst of times. Hey Tim, uh, really appreciate you taking a, a few minutes to uh, to talk with us about this. I think it's some perspective people can really use. Thanks a million. It's great to talk to you.
1: Can I get one more plug in? Please do. Sorry. Yeah, I think the hope is all is the key, right? So the hope is going to be the children, and I really appreciate all the sports teams that have totally stepped up for the athletes. But we have not sent any children to a play, to a concert. We haven't. Uh, really stepped up with the other kids. So, we really need, especially going on the holidays, uh, all preschool to 12th graders do other things besides sports. And um, we're reaching out to get help. And you know, I'm more than kidding when I said I want Beyonce. It comes thing to the kids up here. We don't need a fun benefit concert. We just need kids to have hope. And I promised them we would be reaching out to people to do that. So, if they go to the, the Butte County Office of Ed website, Or just email me with some ideas. I'm I'm really trying to get Metallica tickets, so I'm shouting out to the Bay Area right now. And Reno, anywhere, San Diego, they're in town here. They gave us $50,000, and I so much appreciate that. We're going to get that money to the uh, music programs. But other kids need things to do. We have uh, 250 kids going to Levi Stadium Friday, again, to receive a check from the Pac-12. But uh, we really want other people to step up for the kids.
0: All right, beautiful. Hey, we're, we're going to stay in touch on that. Thank you. Yeah, Mike Hanson, our executive producer, just gestured at us, and we will absolutely stay in touch on that level. Uh, Tim Taylor, Butte County Superintendent of Schools. Thanks again, Tim. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, it's just, it's just astounding. And I know uh, quite a few of you listening can relate, and you understand how it is. It's difficult to comprehend a situation where everything is gone. Um, everything physical is gone. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming for the moment here that your loved ones are still with you. A, a number of people have lost that as well, which goes beyond comprehensible. Um, but trying to contemplate, okay, you've got kids and you've got teachers. The schools are burnt down. The houses are burnt down. All the equipment is gone. All the band instruments is gone. There's no theater. Um, you know, never mind. You're your reading, and writing, and arithmetic materials. And What do you do now? Where do you go from there? How important is it that you get that stuff going again? Well, as Tim made clear, it's a lot more than the reading, and writing, and arithmetic. It's a sense of normalcy. And you know how kids are with their teachers. 90% of them revere their teachers because teachers do wonderful work. Um, and they want to see their friends from class and the rest of it. And that's, that's an enormous uh, step forward in healing for the youngsters. Uh, but the logistics uh, of getting that done, I, I can't even imagine. And yet you hear the stories of heroic efforts. Um, And, you know, I, I shouldn't even go here, but I hear about You know, the victims of these terrible, terrible things and how the smoke, for instance, from the campfire drifted into Sonoma County and and freaked a lot of people out, brought terrible, terrible memories back to the surface. That is something serious. That is something people suffer from. Not silly manufactured, being desperate to be offended, trigger warning stuff. Do you understand that? When you fake up that stuff and you pretend or you're just just really, really weak, how that cheapens when these people need help and it's real. So be a little tougher than that. These people can endure. You can endure your professor bringing up something that makes you mildly uncomfortable. Anyway, again, uh, probably shouldn't have gone there. (laughs) So uh, Tim Taylor, County Superintendent of Schools in Butte County. If you need uh, help getting in touch with him, if you were inspired by that, whether it's uh, you know academics or music or art, the arts or, or what have you, and you think, wait a minute, my organization, my company, my team, my whatever, wait, wait a minute, we'd love to help out the little kids with this, up through the high schoolers. Um, and you have any struggles getting in touch with Tim and the folks at uh, Butte County Schools, just email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, and we'll make sure you connect, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. All right, more of the news of the day coming up in a moment or two. You know, I'll touch on the U.S. life expectancy declining again. Oh, that's pretty heavy. Also, got a request. Is it real racism, Joe? Or is it a social justice warrior faking up racism because they think there isn't enough awareness of racism? I will attempt to rule on a new incident next. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. You know what I'd really like to talk about is that uh, big climate change report that came out the other day, and the media got it all wrong, just completely flounderingly misleading that's, you. That's not the media I know. Oh, wait, no. That's exactly the media that, I, that I l- Look, and this ain't about there's no global warming. This, uh, this it's not about that. I'm agnostic on the issue. I want to know. I'm curious. I just don't know because everybody's got an agenda and... I don't, you know, I don't want to bake. I don't want the oceans. I don't want to drown in the ocean um, because of the, the rising sea levels. I don't want the polar bears to be sweating, etc. You know, if the, the humankind did wonderful things in a lot of the developed world about uh, pollution, uh, take a take a look. Google a picture of Los Angeles in 1971. It's horrific. Oh my God, the pollution all across California, really, because you know the mountains over here and the valleys and the rest of it, but. Um, We've done wonderful things. And and so, listen, I understand that mankind causes pollution. Mankind can do stuff about it. and uh, But there are enormous difficulties with not only the science of uh, climate change, but what to do about it, what it would cost, how many countries would have to participate to do a diddly squat worth of good. And if you're falling on your sword and nobody else is, all you are is a dead guy on a sword. Um, you haven't solved anything. So it's It's complicated. And this isn't about that. This is about the damn media. And this is a great breakdown by a fellow named Bjorn Lomborg, who, uh, who has a cooler name than I do. Um, and, and he's talking about the new U.S. climate assessment, which was from a bunch of different agencies in the U.S. government. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an extremely difficult task to figure out what's going to happen with the climate. And then you add, as Jack so beautifully put it, you're trying, to, you're trying to predict the climate in 80 years and the economy in 80 years? And he was talking about the much-stated figure. Um, let's see. He mentions that CNN's screaming headline was that climate change will shrink the U.S. economy by 10%, which is a figure also repeated on the New York Times front page. Can you imagine that? In the year 2100, the economy of the United States will be 10% smaller because of climate change. That's astounding. Well, it's also wildly inaccurate she will be
3: 40% bigger because of all the the global air conditioning units that we've uh, <laughs> engineered where, well, that in our manufacturing.
0: Exactly. No, no. Well, that's a good point. But <laughs> because, yeah, well, for every action, there's an equal uh, reaction in economics as well as in physics. If it gets hotter, you know, they'll sell more swimsuits and, and fewer for coats, and and it'll be okay. Yeah, There was the, the gent who was on Morning Joe
3: earlier this week who pretty much said, hey, these studies should be met with some skepticism and was almost
0: immediately just pummeled about the face and shoulders by the rest of the panel on there. But here's, here's the egregious part. Like, We've got to get to this. CNN's headline, which was repeated on the New York Times front page, is that, and I quote, climate change will shrink the U.S. economy by 10% by the year 2100 except that what the report said is that the economy will be 300% larger than it is today, minus 10% because of climate change. So it will (laughs) be merely 290% larger than it is today. In other words, a slightly smaller bonanza of economic growth. I'm not... A climate change denier. I'm not anything. (laughs) I'm a dope trying to make a living. I just don't appreciate either being lied to or misled by somebody who's so terrible at their job. They also mention that within the climate report, they talk about droughts in the u.s and they say the 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 dust bowl year of the 1930s is the benchmark of drought and extreme heat events and we're much cooler and wetter than we were in the 1930s and it's much more ambiguous and difficult to draw hard conclusions from the report than the moron liars at cnn would have you think and there's a lot more to it than that but that's the real headline that 10 percent figure how many times did you hear that yesterday or the other day yeah me too Marshall Phillips has some completely non-misleading headlines for us. Marshall. Trump canceling his meeting with Putin, having second thoughts
2: on trade talks with China. The president's shifting schedule coming fast and furious
0: before his meeting with world leaders. Excellent. We'll look forward to those stories and more coming up. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show. for a moratorium on anything new happening because I'm still trying to catch up to everything that's happened in the, like today and yes, previous uh-huh. days but the world appears to be ignoring me and stuff keeps happening Marshall Phillips has our headline.
2: Now some of the stuff before we launch into the rest of the news after yesterday's dynamic market performance I think it's time to check in with Positive Sean for his one word market report for today. The market is meh. Meh, meh that's M E H. The official word is meh. Hold. Hold. Do not worry about me. Meanwhile, President Trump is canceling his planned meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin at the G-20 summit in Argentina. In a tweet aboard Air Force One, Trump cited Russia aggression in Ukraine. His tweet reading, Based on the fact that the ships and the sailors have not been returned to Ukraine from Russia, I have decided it would be best for all parties concerned to cancel my previously scheduled meeting with President Putin.
0: Yeah, well, well, good. Good. Because... Putin is a brute and a bully and a kleptocrat and a hundred other things. But, hey, Vlad, if you're listening, first of all, thanks for listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Mr. Putin, sir. Secondly, so you clash with these Ukrainian sailors in international waters, which is uncool. Then you snatch them up as right. prisoners, right. which is that's an act of war. Totally uncool. But then you sentence them to two months in prison for trespassing. That's not a thing. That's not part of war, even. You don't hand out two-month sentences for trespassing. What are you doing? So
2: good. Cancel the meeting. Putin's setting up territorial uh, what boundaries out in the ocean there. See? Well, yeah, but,
0: he's, but you don't have... You don't have (laughs) sentences for another country's sailors Uh, who are sailing. That's not the way it's handled. Meanwhile, the president is saying that he Put him on probation. Make him write, I will not sail in Russian waters 500 times on the blackboard, (laughs) why don't you?
2: Meanwhile, the president did say he'd have trade talks with the Chinese leaders, but he did not set up a meeting with the Saudi crown prince. On those trade talks, though, with China... Trump may be having a change of heart, telling reporters just before taking off for Argentina. We're very close to doing something with China, but I don't know that I want to do it. Because what we have right now is billions and billions of dollars coming into the United States in the form of tariffs or taxes. All
0: right, here's as lefties yep. hasten to point out, and right, that's Americans' tax dollars. We pay tariffs on incoming goods. So, I'm not so thrilled about that, Mr. President, sir.
2: Turns out they may stay put. Hundreds of members of the migrant caravan are looking for work in Mexico. Over 6,000 people staying in a converted sports complex in Tijuana, but another shelter may be opening up today. The San Diego Union-Tribune is reporting that a job fair in the area opened up over a week ago, and the number of job seekers has been booming since the migrants rushed the border but they didn't get very far last weekend. A lot of people go
0: into the job fair, which, you know, if you're looking for a gig, that makes a lot of sense. Sure. Yeah, why not? Is the racist alt-right mayor of Tijuana still talking about how uh, how it's imposed uh, terrible uh, strains on their services oh, yeah. and finances? Oh, and yeah. All? The mayor
2: of Tijuana continues oh, to boy. say it's an economic disaster for White his supremacist! City. White supremacist! Uh, here is another story about the VA. Department of Veterans Affairs says it's not going to reimburse veterans who were underpaid by the forever GI Bill because of a computer error. How can they possibly justify that? The VA had promised Congress earlier this month that it'd make those payments. A lot of student veterans have struggled because of the less than expected payments to them. Two VA department aides telling NBC News, however, that they could not make the payments without auditing previous claims which would only delay future claims.
0: Can you follow that logic? You know, Marshall and I were chatting uh, before we came back on the air for the news about the process where FEMA is trying to get trailers to the victims of the recent uh, terrible wildfires. Right, they're saying we might be able to get 2,000 trailers. Right, but it will take months to vet who gets into a trailer. Yes. How could that possibly be? I'm Joe. I live at 123 Pine Street. Right. Look, here's my lot. You'll notice there's a burnt-out foundation of a house. Here's the records that indicate I'm the owner. Okay, I've lost my house. Put a trailer there. Right. Put it right there. Right. I need some place to live. But no, that's going to take months. It's not about George Bush. Brownie, you're doing a heck no. of a job down here. Not about Barack Obama. It's not about R's and D's. This is not about Donald Trump. Nor Barack Obama. This is about giant, bloated bureaucracies. That that explanation from the VA makes me want to hurt somebody. I know. I just don't know who.
2: I'm sorry, we can't reimburse, because if we did that, that would, take, that would just uh, screw up by the uh,
0: further payments. Uh, so how can we possibly do that? And America's vets get lied to and screwed yeah. again. Uh, a process which began in roughly 1777. That's the the awful history of of really most societies, including this one, is that we make promises to veterans, and when, when it comes time to keep them, we suck at it. Sorry for the frank language, my friends.
2: Oakland A is getting a new ballpark. The team announcing plans for a new privately funded stadium at the Howard Terminal site. Which Wait a minute, the Howard Terminal site? It overlooks the San Francisco Bay. It's about uh, six miles away from the Coliseum. Okay. And they say they hope to have it built and open by 2023.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, good for you, Oakland. Yeah. Maybe you can keep your good players for a couple of years. Shout out on not
3: <laughs> making the taxpayers pay for the right. stadium if it's privately funded. That's a, It's an increasing rarity in sports stadiums these yeah. days. Yep. Yeah, no kidding.
2: Yep, Howard Terminals guaranteeing the A's will stay in Oakland, much to the delight of local fans. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. You'll be pleased to know we revived Squawky.
0: No, oh, yeah, he was uh, ailing earlier. Yeah, and and then it had an incident was unable to squawk. Marcel, I notice you're uh, ignoring the gas leak story out of Broward County, Florida. Where else would it be from but Florida? <laughs> How do you like this? Yeah. This is uh, maybe, you know, we've been doing chatty checkout theater on and off on the Armstrong and Getty right. show for years where, yep. you know, the, the the clerk just wants to chat you up and the conversation's incredibly uncomfortable and the rest of it. Um, this is uh, gassy checkout theater. <laughs> <laughs> A Florida woman is facing an aggravated assault charge after Broward County deputies say she passed gas in line at a Dollar General store and pulled a knife on a man who complained about it. Hard fart primary. The report says the customer was offended by the foul smell and loud flatulence. And got in an argument with the woman, who then pulled a knife out of her purse. Oh, yeah. oh Now, in man. case you're having trouble forming a mental picture of this treat of a woman, <laughs> of this daisy, this flower of Florida womanhood, right. let me go on. She told with the knife in her hand the upset customer she was going to gut him. <laughs> While moving toward him as if she was going to make good on her vow. She was arrested and is being charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. Also with a war crime for unleashing the chemical weapon. Hard fart primary. All right, we heard you the first time. Oh, Florida. What are we going to do with you? All right. The petering out, including final thoughts, is just a couple of minutes away. Hope you can hang around. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience of the, of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. so uh let's see what sound should we have played already today that's good uh positive sean and you took uh, great trouble to put together
3: uh Um, decent joke about ivanka emails even though the subject matter is not all that interesting
0: uh that's a yannick noah trevor noah yeah yeah uh all right, go ahead. Let's hear it. Anyway, anyway, back to Ivanka. Uh, I actually believe her when she says that she wasn't using her private account for important work emails because in order to have important work emails, you have to do important work. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't do anything. Yeah, that one her inbox from is from probably my just goop newsletters and thousands of unopened emails from Eric. That's all it probably is. <laughs> I find right, Eric nah, bashing nah, right. irresistible. All nah, right. It got better. Not <laughs> much better, but better. Also, speaking of priceless tape, can we please have uh, today's smash hit song? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Captain Kirk and Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top, together at last.
2: Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. Reindeer. And a very shiny nose. And reindeer. (laughs) Reindeer.
0: (laughs) All of the other. Since we've interviewed Bill Shatner. Well, a couple of years anyway. And um, and I, I got to admit, I kind of assumed that he was maybe like too, too old, um, which is a stupid thing to assume. The one striking thing about William Shatner is how utterly comfortable he is being William Shatner. He is comfortable with the great work he's done, he's comfortable with the kitsch appeal of being Captain Kirk. He's comfortable with being typecast. He's just he's a beautiful man.
2: Hi, I'm William Shatner. I have searched earnestly and desperately for intelligence and perception in the universe and I have found it everywhere except here on Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> uh,
0: you know what we need is intelligence and 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 wisdom in the United States where the life expectancy has declined again it is the longest sustained decline in expected lifespan in a century what uh, lenny bernstein in the uh... WAPO describes as an appalling performance not seen in the united states since nineteen fifteen through nineteen eighteen which included world war one yes and a flu pandemic that killed six hundred and seventy five thousand people Our world war and flu pandemic now appears to be, in large measure, drug overdoses. Huge, huge problem. I mean, well, you already know that. I'm sorry. Of course you know that, unless you just, you know, returned from Elon Musk's unannounced Mars mission and haven't been in the country for the last decade. Right. Um, You know, they mentioned that in most developed nations, life expectancy has marched steadily upward for decades, and that is true, including the United States. And and we've had a really, really good life expectancy for a while here. So, you know, when you're at the top, there's nowhere to go but down. And yeah, I know we're not exactly at the top, but uh, we're still looking pretty good at 78.6 years at birth overall, Mm -hmm. at birth, um, which is down a tenth. From 2016, because yep. we're looking at, you know, 2017 numbers, right. obviously. Um, men looking at an average of 76.1. Gals, 81.1. Um, five years of partying and talking about the old man. What a nice guy he was, a rotten bastard, depending on <laughs> you know, depending on how things went. Um, <clears throat> on average, drug overdoses, another record in 2017. Way to go, everybody. Another yep. record. In 2016, it was almost 64,000. Drug overdoses. Right. You thought that was a big number? We passed it. It's like a Jerry Lewis telethon in reverse. It's a deathathon. 64,000, we can beat that. How about over 70,000 deaths yes. from drug overdoses in 2017? Yep. 47,000 of those um, from drugs sold on the street, like fentanyl and heroin, as well as prescription narcotics. What are the other OD deaths? Like, too much Tylenol and stuff? I don't know. Uh, I know that the the deaths from uh, prescription legal painkillers did not increase. The increase was um, street drugs. Street drugs, yeah. Yeah, and they think maybe a little progress has been made in controlling the legal stuff, you know, killing people, although merely flattening out ain't exactly a home run. Yes, positive, Sean? And when with
3: the restrictions on people's ability to get their doctors to give them the, quote-unquote, the legal stuff, they often then turn to the street stuff. And right. that's probably or, or, where a exactly. lot of the problems occur. Yeah.
0: You're hooked on the legal stuff. Yeah. You can't get your op- uh, opiate, uh, so you you turn to the guy on the street. You know, I'm having a medical procedure in a little more than a week, right? Yeah, well, it's wow, sneaking up on me. Okay. a week and a half. That's going to uh, necessitate me taking a little time off and taking uh, powerful painkillers. Um, and I'm a little bit concerned about getting, you know, getting started on this stuff. Although I don't know, I I've always been really good at recognizing when I like something too much, or if it starts to become a habit. I don't know, for whatever reason, I just don't have the gene. I think, yeah, this is unhealthy. So I'm not real worried, but I gotta admit, a lot of good people, strong people, people smart people have, have, have become slaves to this this uh, you know, lifesaver and, and life taker. You
2: know the other thing too, you've got your lovely bride there who I'm sure will monitor your intake like exactly. a exactly
0: slap them out of my hand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I say final, you say thoughts, final, thoughts, final, thoughts, thoughts. I'm, I'm getting I'm I'm also pretty good at pain. Being a pain, giving pain, and also enduring it. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad. Michelangelo, final thought for us. Uh,
2: Quite simply, I need to get some sleep. The cat kept me up last night, and I'm going to wear a sleeping mask, (laughs) and I'm going to put cotton in my ears. I'm going to do whatever it takes to sleep.
0: If I was in your place, that cat would use up a couple of its lives, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) I I know what you You'd keep me up at night. Uh, Positive Sean, final thought?
3: Uh, So much great content at the website. We have the music video of the uh, the aforementioned William Shatner and ZZ Top Christmas song, as well as the as-yet-unpaywalled Positive Sean portfolio. (laughs) You can look at this very unique investment perspective by one Positive Sean.
2: Marshall Phillips,
0: do you have a final thought you'd like to share with us?
2: I do indeed, because, as you know, I am pure of heart. And care deeply about my co-workers to protect you all. I got my flu shot yesterday. Oh, good man. They gave me a great dinosaur band-aid that I was going to show off today, but it fell off somewhere. <laughs> a dinosaur band-aid. Yeah.
0: That's great. <laughs> uh, Jack, as he mentioned earlier in the week, is off see- seeking help for his uh, little boy uh, for his uh, challenges. That's one of the top places in the world for this sort of thing. And I know what his final thought would be. Please, God, let this help uh, my final thought is I share that final thought. Uh, also, uh, for God's sakes, if you're on the uh, the opioids, try to do something about it. It's, it's a dangerous thing and an ugly thing. We shouldn't be having declining lifespans in the United uh, States. Also, read Tribe by Sebastian Younger. It's about being connected to other people. It's important. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act.
2: For what we've done. Thank
0: you and good night.
2: <laughs> and the show's over, what? Bye bye. I changed my mind because I'm pissed.
0: Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.